Most people underestimate the power of process. They stick it in the back seat and forget about it until it's too late. But they shouldn't. Processes run the world, literally all of it. Stocked supermarkets, on-time trains, and safely landing planes are all made possible by systems of intricate interlinked processes. They are the secret sauce of every great company, and HR teams are responsible for some of the most important processes of all. Onboarding employees, building teams, crafting culture, these vital systems are the lifeblood of every organization. That's why this episode is brought to you by Process Street, the process platform of choice for HR teams around the world. Process Street is a no-code platform that lets you transform your most important HR processes into powerful workflows. Design beautiful employee onboarding experiences with extreme engagement that increase inclusion and reduce turnover. Sync tasks into Slack or Microsoft Teams, automate emails, handoffs, and so much more. Thousands of teams, large and small, trust Process Street to manage their most important people processes. Like Salesforce that used Process Street to onboard all the 3,000 Slack employees after the $27 billion acquisition. You can learn more and sign up for a free account at www.process.st. Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here for another week. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube or Spotify, you can leave a, a little comment. Also, you can actually review on on Spotify or at least like leave a rating. And on YouTube, of course, you can leave a thumbs up. You can do whatever you want. Um, thank you again, like I said, for being here. This is episode 99. Can you believe that we are here? If you're listening after listening to every single episode or most of the episodes after the last two years, thank you so much. Um, and if you just started listening, Thank you so much. Um, there are thank yous to go around to everyone. And I'm super excited for next week's episode because it's going to be really exciting. Um, and next week's episode is actually a little explicit. So I've been uh, sprinkling a few of those in there. Hopefully no one here is uh, offended by any of the curse words that go around for the explicit or in the explicit episodes. I think it's kind of nice to shake it up a little bit. Just so you know, I am always myself regardless of whether the episode is explicit or not. Um, listen, I when I think about where this podcast is today, I first of all, I should say, I go into every episode thinking about who I'm speaking to. Not necessarily like a guest or anything like that, but who is actually listening to my voice and a guest's voice. And it's all of you, every single person listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth right now. You are the person, you are the people that I think about when I craft these episodes, edit them, think about what to say, think about what to remove. Like I am always thinking about the audience here and I, it is not lost on me that you're spending every week coming back to this show. So I really, really appreciate it. And I want you to know that any feedback, any submissions, anything I always appreciate. And um, 
if you haven't yet followed me on Instagram, that's a great other place to start. If you've already given the show a five-star rating and review, um, you can also follow me on Instagram at HR Tracy. But enough of that, um, because I've spent the last two minutes talking about the show. And there's a reason why you're here, and it's to think about and hear about the takeaways that I've had when it comes to the importance of being in person with coworkers. Now, I want to set the stage here for you this week. I am just coming back from a trip to Las Vegas for the HR Tech Conference. Now, when I say just coming back, it's actually a few days later because I did not have a voice. Now, the other stage that I'm going to set here for you today is that whoever said what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas clearly did not become friends with their coworkers because I'm telling you that I had the most amazing trip and experience at that conference. So basically, I went to Vegas this last week. So this is in real time. You're going to hear this episode a week after the conference. Um, you guys know if you've been here a while, there are certain episodes that are pre-recorded and then there are episodes that are as close to in real time as possible. Um, and so when you hear this, it will be a week after the conference. So um, yeah, I got there and I got there on a Tuesday and I left Thursday night on a red eye back to the East Coast. And I don't know, I just, I think when I, first of all, my trips to Vegas have been interesting before this one. So I didn't have such <laughs> high expectations. I was like, you know, I once saw the Backstreet Boys in Las Vegas. I once had a really great um, buffet meal in Las Vegas. But other than that, it's been a little interesting. We'll just leave it at that. Interesting. And I'm sure if you've been to Las Vegas, you're thinking about your interesting trips as well. But I can say that I have not ever been like, oh, I really want to go to Las Vegas. I want to be there. I've got to go back. It's kind of like something that brings me there, not necessarily like me deciding to go there because I, I don't gamble. I don't do that stuff. I want to have a good time. But again, you know, there are certain things that Vegas just like you you do, like if you gamble, you go there, if you drink, you go there. And I don't know, I just didn't always feel like I fit the bill. Um, however, I still do know how to have a good time. And so, like I said, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I did know that I was going to meet coworkers that I had never met in person before. And that single-handedly was the thing that made me so excited. And that's what this whole episode is about, the importance of meeting in person. Now, again, I didn't go with such high expectations. I left super early in the morning on a Tuesday. I was pretty exhausted. I knew that I was going to have some jet lag. My parents were coming to visit us that follow or this past weekend, which would have been that following weekend from Vegas. I'm like being in real time, but also in the past at the same time. Anyway, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay on East Coast time. We're going to, you know, I'm going to manage this. No, I wasn't able to do that because Las Vegas just finds a way to pull the fun right out of you. So you keep the fun going for a very long time <laughs> into the night. So anyway, did not stay on East Coast time. And I was supremely jet lagged when I got back. But anyway, coming back to this point, I realize I'm rambling a little bit. I get there and... It's like super early in the morning. And although I'm like very extroverted and like social, I do sometimes get a little nervous about 
these like in-person events where I don't necessarily know anyone because you just don't know who you're going to meet, what you're going to run into. And I didn't know any of my coworkers personally because I had never met them. Like we've talked a little bit in work, but outside of that, it's not really happened. So you just never know how someone is going to be in person. And I, yeah, I was a little nervous. I'm like, what happens if they don't like me or I don't like them or they're not nice or, you know, who knows? Because I know how I am and I really fully believe that you can only control the things that you can control. And so I just was like, you know what? Worst comes to worst, I'm there to do a job, get the job done, and I go home and that's fine. So when I realized that my coworkers like gave me so much energy, like they were amazing to interact with in person. And they're always amazing to interact with virtually, remotely. Um, so I wasn't totally surprised in that way, but I just like, I, I forgot, I guess, the importance of being connected in person. And you have heard it from me a million times over. I'm never going back to an office. Don't even try and ask me if you don't have a fully remote or like hybrid optional option, like you're not going to get me as a candidate. So this is like, for me, I'm like fully invested in this like remote mentality, right? And yet while I say, you know, you work from home, but you play in person. This is like the phrase that I've been using at least at work. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but I really believe that. I believe this to be true, but also I forgot how even when you're at work, like we're working at the booth for however many hours a day, eight, eight hours minimum, you know, you're, it's, it's a kind of an exhausting ride. Like you're talking to a bunch of people who come up to visit you and get to know your brand and product and solutions and whatever, depending on the type of business you are. I, you, you're also like engaging with each other and learning about one another while working. And I forgot that part. And I, I forgot that really fast because it wasn't so long ago that I was in person. It wasn't so long ago that I was in an office. And it's just funny how quickly you can adapt to a new situation. So anyway, on at the conference, one of the reasons why I was there was because I had a speaking event on Wednesday of the conference. So again, the conference was Tuesday to Thursday. And maybe some of you were there. And that was really cool. If I got to meet you, I did get to meet a few people and you also listen, that was like an amazing experience actually to um, get to interact in that way. But if you were there and I didn't get a chance to meet you, I'm sorry, maybe next time. Um, that, you know, realizing how much value you get out of the in-person experience, like really set a tone for me. And so I said to all of my coworkers, my episode that I'm going to record when I get back is going to be about this because one of the reasons why I lost my voice wasn't because we were singing and at karaoke until the, the wee hours of the morning. It was also because we were just laughing like constantly. And I don't know, there's, you know, I don't, when I think about like my remote experience, I realize this is very much like a, an audio diary right now, but hopefully this can relate to some of you. Um, but when I work remotely, I'm not really talking to anyone. On Slack, we'll, you know, I'll chit chat with people or we'll, you know, have our team building during the week and we'll do different things that um, really do connect us as a team. But other than that, like once my husband leaves for work, 
I'm doing my own thing and I'm not getting that socialization that I would get if I were in an office unless I go and I work from the library or the cafe, which I often do um, because I kind of need socialization, but I also don't. Like I'm, you know, we all need our breaks at some point. Anyway, when I got to the conference and I realized how much fun we were having and I knew that this was going to be the episode that I was going to record, I just like fully immersed myself in trying to take away as many experiences as possible so I could share that with all of you. So the first thing is like being yourself. Actually, this is not the first thing. This is the second thing. The first thing is that it is not easy to remember how to socialize. (laughs) I have friends here. I have friends at home. I talk to my friends all the time, but it like, there is a certain type of like etiquette and song and dance to meeting people in person, potentially for the first time, introducing yourself to strangers, networking, etc. There is a song and a dance and it's a little awkward at first when you're trying to remember that. And if you're like me and you haven't really been to in-person things in a long time, like this, you have to like, you have to get it down fast. <laughs> so I remember actually being like really candid about that. And again, if you guys have been here a while, you know me, like what you see is what you get. Every The way that I am in this podcast is the way that I am outside of the podcast. If you ever meet me, this is how I am. And I said to my coworker, like, I hope I can remember how to talk to people because I found myself not making such great eye contact. And I said to him, like, I I need to remember how to socialize. And so being self-aware, I guess, and like calling myself out on that, I just immersed myself into it. I'm like, okay, don't be weird, Tracy. Just make eye contact, have good conversations, be yourself. The second thing is like being yourself is so magical. You, If you're like me in this situation where you start a job fully remotely and you don't necessarily know anyone until you meet them in person because you know someone over Zoom and Slack and all these other channels, but you don't necessarily like know them in the same way. It's kind of like internet dating. You don't really know that person until you meet them in person. So why do I, I always bring this back to dating? But it really is like careers and jobs and interpersonal connections at work. It is like dating. There are people you're going to like. There are people you won't like. And, you know, you just have to find your niche and that's that. Anyway, the second thing being that you have to be yourself, like it is a really magical experience when you can just let your hair down and be vulnerable and be your authentic self. That's when like that's where the magic happens. And I have never not been myself like I've never I don't think I can ever think of a situation where I changed who I was to fit in or even like when I think about like my middle school and high school experiences I I just wasn't like that it was truly like you you take it or leave it you like who I am great you don't that's fine you just keep keep it moving and so even in work I it's really the same thing if I am who I am then people will know exactly what they're going to get. And if they like me, that's great. And if they don't, that's totally fine. I don't take it personally. Um, And, you know, it was just interesting to me, like thinking back on how I kind of like first connected with everyone in person at this conference. I like, I know I have a super strong personality. I like to make people laugh. I talk a lot, like all of these things I know about myself. 
but I got so much energy from just being myself and not trying to like dial myself back or, you know, do anything differently. Like I really just leaned into who I am and it was just rewarding, I guess, because we were able to really like vibe off of one another. And it was an amazing group of people. Like we all just clicked and a few of us like really clicked. And I, this is where I say, this is whoever said what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas did not make friends out of their coworkers. And it's a really amazing feeling. And actually the, the third thing here that I really wanted to talk about is that for anyone, whether it's ourselves, our employees, when people have friendships at work, you're retaining them more easily. People don't leave as quickly. They don't leave companies or their roles as quickly if they have friendships built into their experience. And listen, I like I am super engaged in what I do and where I work, but it just like instilled for me and validated for me this point that when people feel connected beyond the work that they're doing, they're not just engaged, they're committed. If you go back a few episodes to when I had Andrew Kitchener on, we talked about this. We talked about commitment versus engagement. And that, I realized it firsthand, the difference in that. People could be super engaged in what they're doing. They could love what they do. They could come out of work feeling you know, happy with the results that they've had. But if they're committed, then they're, they're hyper loyal, right? So when you have friendships that connect you outside of the work that you're doing, you're committed. You're not going to leave your friend in the dust just by leaving. Like you're, you're in it a little bit deeper when you have those friendships. And there is a really important takeaway there. Um, and again, I'm like super engaged in what I do. I love what I do. I love where I work. I love the people I work with, but loving the people that you work with is not the same as having friends at work. And I forgot that. And in forgetting that, there was a piece of the conversation here about remote work that I missed, that I failed to share with all of you. And again, this is the interpersonal connection. How do we create that in-person feeling while remote? And sometimes the answer is, well, you just have to meet in person because actually I don't know that anything can replicate that. I don't know that there is a a perfect replacement. Maybe virtual reality. If anyone knows of a virtual reality program, game, whatever you call it, where you could kind of replicate that in-person experience with coworkers, because there are games, but I'm thinking specifically of like if you could create an office and invite your coworkers to join you in the office, I would love to try that because if that works, then okay, that's kind of cool. You can replicate that in-person experience with a pretty minimal budget because this is usually what impacts when companies can meet in person or not. It's like if they have the ability to spend an exorbitant amount of money to get all of their employees together in person. At the same time, although it's a lot of money, you could. there's probably a calculation there for how much money hyper committed employees create in terms of revenue and uh, you know profit drivers for the company. 
Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about the Employee Onboarding Podcast by Process Street. If you care about crafting a magical experience for new employees and you love podcasts, you won't want to miss this. Join the Process Street team as they have conversations with people, leaders, and technology creators exploring the world's most magical onboarding experiences. You will learn cutting-edge best practices, industry secrets, and technology to wow every new employee that walks through your door. I recommend the episode where Process Street CEO Vinay Patankar sat down with Zapier CEO Wade Foster to talk about how they've scaled employee onboarding in a $5 billion remote-first organization, and the conversation with Ben Eubanks discussing how to leverage AI and automation to improve the new employee experience will blow your mind. You can find the Employee Onboarding Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Go ahead and check it out, and don't forget if you're interested in supercharging your employee onboarding or other HR processes, go ahead and give Process Street a try. You can sign up for a free account at www.process.st or check out their YouTube channel for a bunch of webinars and demos. This episode is brought to you by Namely. Running HR for a mid-sized business means you hire, onboard, process payroll, keep up with regulations, resolve conflict, organize company events, the list goes on. So you need software that can keep up with all that you do so you can focus on keeping your employees happy and engaged. You need Namely, the all-in-one HR solution that makes life easier for your employees, your boss, and you. Namely's HR platform covers your essential HR and compliance needs in one place. Namely offers it all from onboarding and payroll to time tracking, benefits, and employee engagement, and so much more. Whether you have 50 or 1,000 employees, Namely's all-in-one integrated platform is designed to be used by everyone every day. In fact, Namely just rolled out their newest feature, Continuous Feedback. Now you can encourage and engage employees by giving feedback on an ongoing basis, break away from traditional point-in-time review cycles, and make feedback part of the day-to-day employee experience. I want you to build a better workplace with Namely, so I've arranged a special offer for you, my listeners. Right now, get a free month of unlimited access to Namely's all-in-one HR platform, but only when you go to namely.com slash human HR. Remember, for your free month, go to namely.com slash human HR. Like how much more money does someone who has that level of connection with another coworker, the level of commitment and engagement and that feeling that you get after walking away from a few days with people that you've made like significant connections with, what does that equate to from a dollar's perspective? Because that might actually offset the cost of the programming for meeting in person. And this is the thing, like everything of course comes at a cost. Like it's always going, you know, it could cost a million dollars to get an organization to meet in person. But how much is that million dollars going to get you from a profitability standpoint? Like this is marketing, right? This is how marketing works. I mean, at least the way I'm boiling it down to be this way, but like someone has an advertising and marketing budget, right? Let's say they have... $3 million in marketing and they spend a million dollars on a commercial or an ad to drive sales to something else. They could make $10 million on that $1 million ad. That's what in-person programming is. It's like, okay, we're going to invest X amount of money to drive Y amount of dollars. And that 
This is, again, the part that I was missing. Now, of course, I've always valued this in-person uh, programming, you know, opportunities, like getting people connected because I, li I literally live for that. I thrive on that. So it would be silly for me to fully forget that. I think the part that I was missing in the remote conversation is that you have to invest in the in-person stuff. It's not just like a $20 budget here per person, $50 budget here per person a month or a quarter or whatever. You have to like invest significant dollars. If you are fully remote and your organization is fully remote, you have to put whatever savings you had in not having an office, not having commuting expenses, whatever you can do, you have to invest that in the in-person stuff. And maybe it's, maybe it's like this. It's like travel, going to conferences, mixing up the groups, whatever it might be. But there's always going to be a group of people that don't go to those things because their jobs don't require it. So how do you get those people in person? And maybe it's just based on areas. Like this is something that we're doing at my company because I've noticed this. It's like, how do how are we connecting outside of these conferences for example so we set up like these metro area groups so that people who live in a similar you know distance let's say within two hours of one another but like in a similar area or have the same like nearest metro city or metro area that they then can just organically be connected and then as new hires join they're added to those groups too so we do this all in slack and i'm sharing this so that if you have a similar challenge you can just kind of go ahead and and go for it and set these things up but hopefully this will enable our um our teams to meet even more often to drive that next level of commitment like i feel like engagement brings you here and then commitment brings you here. If you are not watching this, I basically just put my hand at one level, my left hand at one level, and then my right hand is going about six inches higher. So engagement is the lower left hand and commitment is the higher right hand. And, you know, of course, after speaking with Andrew, my guest who talked about employee commitment being a better metric than employee engagement, I got it, you know, contextually it made sense. But now having experienced it firsthand as someone who benefited from this like in-person interpersonal connection, I really get it. And I don't think I can live a remote life without it now. So it'll be interesting to see how I walk away from this experience and like share these perspectives and these experiences to begin with. Like when I came back and worked on Friday, which if you follow me on Instagram, I was like dead to the world on Friday from being jet lagged, but we made it through, we got through the meetings, we did it. But the one meeting that I joined, I was like, it is so important that we get together in person. Like everyone needs to prioritize this and everyone agrees, but does everyone really understand it until they experience it? Probably not, right? This is where I didn't necessarily understand it until I experienced it. So um, it was just, I don't know, it was really profound. And when I think about what I could impart on all of you, this is this is pretty much what I'm trying to get at. If you are in a position where you can influence programming, engagement events, events in general, like the 
sheer importance of how connection happens, making sure people just have like downtime, dinner time, whatever it is, co-working, like even, again, we were at a booth for a number of hours each day at the conference, but in those hours, we're working, we're chit-chatting, we're, we're having fun at the same time, like that type of it's almost autonomy, but it's, it's really like just downtime. It's actually really important. And you know, the, the collaboration that you do while remote is different than the collaboration that you have when you're in person. So if you are someone who can influence this level of programming in your organization, think through that. Like if you have hybrid groups or remote groups or, you know, a little mix of both, like, how can they work at a WeWork together? How can they co-work together outside of an event? Because there is something to that. And I did that when I was still in New York. I did that with um, a couple co-workers. And it was just kind of nice to go through the day feeling like we were working alongside each other, but really like, you know, doing our own work in a public space. And so you are, and even though we didn't have anything we were collaborating on at the time, like it was just kind of nice to have that connection right there. So that's the one thing. The second thing that I'll say is if a company, if you or your company can't necessarily afford to get people in person, there has to be something else. How are you connecting people with with a minimal budget, right? And then the question that I had to that is like, well, why don't you have budget? Are you are you making room for other things? And so this is like taking a back seat or is it that you are like cutting costs? And I think that at some level there's always something. If you can't meet in person, then again, you you give to these like metro groups, you encourage it and you send them on their way to like meet in person and really organize themselves to do that. Um, but again, like I think that there is probably a way for every business to find some sort of money to bring together and get their people together. Even if it has to be in a year and a half in the future, if you get that on the calendar and you get it on people's radar, it's something to look forward to. Like I'm looking forward to the next time that I can see coworkers in person. I'm looking forward to the next time that I can plan something in person for for myself and colleagues. So I think it's it's just an interesting like nuance, I guess, to this remote life that we all want this flexibility, autonomy, agency over our lives, but we all also want that connection. And you know, it's interesting because when I think about how people also kind of just want the boundaries and the balance between work and their personal lives. Like there is something about having camaraderie at work that actually makes work less like work. You know what I'm saying? Let's say you're working on a project and it's a project that you really are not excited to be working on, but you have an amazing relationship with the person who is running the project or the project manager or in the project with you, like you're, you might commiserate a little bit. You might talk about things that have nothing to do with the project, but that type of camaraderie makes that project actually a little enjoyable. Something that maybe you're not really enjoying without that type of camaraderie, it makes it 
again, yeah, it just makes it enjoyable. It makes it something that you're potentially looking forward to. And when you're remote, you don't really get that experience. So this is where I almost feel like it's not an HR issue. Like this is, of course, engagement, commitment, and all that stuff. It's for HR to own in terms of like driving. But everyone actually owns this. Like everyone has a responsibility to make sure that this level of connection is happening. But I don't know that everyone is self-aware in understanding or seeing just how important this is. Now, of course, I talk to non-HR leaders all the time and they're like, or and employees all the time, and they say the in-person is so important, we have to meet in person, et cetera, et cetera. But is everyone thinking about why we need to meet in person? Is it just because we're feeling a little isolated or is it because our productivity and our commitment improves? So this is where HR needs to own and drive it and along with all of the other business leaders and the employees need to really push for these things to happen. We I've talked about this a lot that you know employees are in the driver's seat, right? I've been talking about this now for basically 2 years. Employees are in the driver's seat. It's we we're driving flexibility, we're tri- driving remote work and all of those things. Now we need to drive that in-person connection. Well, we want our remote work. We want to be flexible. We want we want to have agency over how we work, where we work, when we work, and all of that good stuff. But we also want to be connected to our employees or in, to each other and our coworkers. And this is the thing that I think fundamentally businesses are ch- are challenged with and struggling with the idea of. It's almost like this foreign concept to want to work remotely and also be connected in person. And it's not that foreign. And I think this is where businesses are like, well, we need to work in the office and we need to meet in person because we need the connection. But that's not it. People don't necessarily want to work in the office. They want the benefits of the office and the benefits of being remote. They want the flexibility and autonomy and agency of being remote, working from wherever they are, whenever they want to, while having that super deep personal connection with the people that they work with in person. So that those moments where they are working from a different state, a different country, at a different time, that they still feel connected to the bigger picture and to one another. And I, again, I wish that there was like a way to just stream this to every single business leader in the world, because I think this is where we're getting it wrong. Like we think that it's like one or the other. If you work remotely, you don't really want the connection or you don't need the connection. If you work in person, you must have it. You need the connection. You don't want the flexibility because the connection is more important. But they're not mutually exclusive. Like You can have both. You can have the flexibility and the agency of working remotely while having the importance of the interpersonal and in-person connection while being in person, but also working remotely. Like They can happen at the same time. And I don't know. There's this approach, I feel like, in, in, in the world these days where it's like one or the other. It's super black and white. You're remote, not in person. You're in person, not remote. But why can't we be remote and connected in person? Why can't we be in person with the flexibility of being remote? Like, for example, we know that the nuance here of being remote is like you have flexibility, you can work wherever, whenever, et cetera. 
for the most part, and you're not necessarily getting that in-person connection. In person, you don't get that flexibility. You have to be in the office at a certain time. You have to leave the office at a certain time, no earlier. You have to like dress a certain way, act a certain way, all of that good stuff, right? That, But that's like inflexible. And so it's, it creates this dichotomy where true flexibility is only remote and true formality is only in person. But that's not true. You can be formal and remote. You can say, okay, we're going to have working hours of eight to five while remote if you want that. You can in, be in person with an office and say, come in and leave whenever you want. And yet we're forcing these narratives that remote is, is only this way with no connection and in person is only this way with no flexibility. But like it doesn't make sense. This is kind of for me where we are like making changes as, you know, business leaders. Like we, we influence these changes based on the employee needs and wants and pushback, but we're not we're not like root causing why there's a demand for change. We knew that people wanted flexibility, so we gave them remote, period, full stop. We knew people wanted the in-person connection, so we brought everyone back to the office, full stop. But we didn't say, oh, people want flexibility, but they still want to feel connected. People want flexibility, but they still want to make friendships at work. So let's be remote. And let's also have an annual in-person event. Let's meet quarterly. Let's meet, let's do whatever in person, right? Let's, people, people want to be connected. Let's be in person and never have flex. Like that in-person approach could say, hey, we're going to have an office. You don't have to come in. This office is so, so that we can connect together. And I will say, I see some companies out there saying, we are hiring a remote role, but we want you to be in this metro area. And I can understand that because those companies are probably trying to keep their employees together so it's easier to do things in person. I get that. But at some level, we have to drive hyper flexibility to really meet people where they are. I always say this, meet people where they are and enable that hyper flexibility while also, again, putting an emphasis and importance on being in person. So I don't know. I really, I walked away from this HR tech conference saying, wow, this is critical for everyone. Everyone needs to leave the way I'm leaving. Everyone needs to feel the way I'm feeling. Like I told you, we did karaoke. We went out to dinners. We had a great time together as a group as a, a group of coworkers with many different functions in the organization that otherwise would more likely than not have zero interaction unless like really intentional or there was some you know possible crossover. And yet there was so much energy in this group of us where we just, again, had so much fun. And I was like, wow, if every single person every single one of my coworkers, if every single person in my organization could feel this way, I can only imagine the things that we would do that we might not have the time or energy for today. Like it just gives you a sense of belonging. It gives you a sense of uh, like a feeling of like 
incredible amounts of energy. Even for the people there who were introverted, they they said that there was like an energy that they were leaving with because they didn't know what to expect when it came to meeting their coworkers for the first time. Like you really never know. And sometimes you don't have this amazing amount of fun and that's okay. But getting to know someone at a deeper, in a deeper way, at a deeper level in person does enable fewer friction points when it comes to like collaborating with them too. So even if you're not singing karaoke or going to dinner with your coworkers, but you are meeting in person, there is something you're getting out of that. You're getting an understanding for how they work, who they are outside of work, who they are in work in a different way. And it's just so valuable. So I really, I hope that you feel inspired to connect in person, to think a little bit differently about how you and your organization currently meet the needs of, you know, meeting in person, but also where your employees might be fully remote and how they feel connected and how you're driving belonging with them. Um, Also, I just hope that this reminds you to be yourself and that no matter how scary it might be to meet a bunch of people, a bunch of strangers for the first time, that there is no need for you to be someone that you're not and you can be exactly who you are for the rest of your life Uh, without any guilt or uh, worry about it. So thank you for letting me ramble about all of this. Thank you for listening. And um, again, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Next week's episode is going to be stellar. I'm really excited for you to hear who the guests, that's right, more than one guest, who the guests are and what we'll be talking about. And I just think... um, you know, hopefully as we approach the second anniversary, which is episode 104 technically, that we can like look back on these last, at that point, 104 episodes. And hopefully we've all learned something through this journey. Um, I know I have, if you've been listening to these episodes, hopefully you're feeling like you're growing in your own development and learning as an HR professional or someone maybe aspiring to be an HR professional. Um, and I cannot thank you enough for being here and sticking it out with me. So again, make sure you tune back in next week for the 100th episode and follow me on Instagram. I am uh, going to be back home for Rosh Hashanah. It is a Jewish holiday next week, and I'm really excited to have a little refresh Um, I will be taking the week off, so I'm not sure how much I'll be on Instagram next week, but it is my 100th episode, so you can for sure guarantee that Tuesday is going to be an electric day on social media for me. I'm super excited, and I'm just so glad that you are here. Thank you again, and I will see you next week for the 100th episode.